0: And if you are just tuning in or listening online, welcome. We would love for everybody to check in. If you're here on site, there's a check-in card in your growth guide. And you can drop that in the box over there before you go. If you're wherever you are, you can use our app to check in. And you can also just text the word here to our church number 603. 225 2550 our series is called praxis and that is based on a greek word that is really talking about your course of action this is the way your your habits your way of life and in this in this series we're talking about a variety of rhythms of grace what what are some of the rhythms that make up a christ follower's life And we are putting it under the pattern that we see in Jesus' life. Uh, I presented it like this. Know God, grow together, go and make a difference. When you look through Jesus' life, you see him praying. You see him coming off on his own, isolated places, getting away to commune with his heavenly father. You see him gathering around a circle of disciples that he is teaching, that he is apprenticing. You also see him and later those disciples that he has trained and sent going out and healing and making a difference wherever they go. So that's the pattern. And we've been focusing in on this idea of knowing God. Again, Jesus' pattern, Mark 1:35. before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. We see this happening over and over again. And in fact, what we see in the disciples who were brought up praying, brought up being taught to pray, being brought up taught prayers, they still, nevertheless, seeing Jesus and his prayer life said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's where we began last week. The question that we are answering is this one. What can we do to get more people praying more often? Now, that might not have been a burning question to you as you walked in today. There might have been other things in your mind, other things going on in your life. But what we see in Jesus or what we see in his followers is an ongoing kind of pressing into the relationship with their heavenly father. And we talked about it last week that sometimes you know there are all kinds of distractions, all kinds of things that keep us from praying. Things like unanswered prayer, things like we just don't sense God's presence. We don't know how to do it. We don't know if we're doing it right. We don't know if we're doing it well. And what I said last week and what I'm going to continue with this theme is the only way that you're going to get praying to understand it and to really enjoy it actually and to want to do it, is if you get in the habit of praying. It's one of those things that you don't really get good at and don't start enjoying perhaps until you've stuck with it for a long time. For me, I had kind of a parallel experience, much less important thing, playing a game. I forget what card game it was, but when Sue Ellen and I first got married, we started playing this card game. And obviously, we haven't played it for a long time because I don't remember what it is. But she grew up playing it. She taught me how to play it. And I, she just slaughtered me every time we played it. I, it was, it was a massacre i mean i would get and it was so frustrating because every time we would play i i under i was getting the concept i was understanding how to play but every single time i lost miserably and uh, some people are like well you know that's not the point is to win it's 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 having fun together that's how you have fun playing games as you win <laughs> Can I get an amen all right all all the guys yeah Um, so I enjoyed it I spent time with Sue Ellen and but eventually it took a long time of playing for me to actually get the game to get it and then to actually every once in a while win a game as well it just took time and there have been other things like learning to snowboard. The first time I went snowboarding, I had no lesson and no helmet. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I didn't sleep well for weeks. I don't know if I had bruised ribs or broken ribs, but you cannot sleep well with whatever I had. And I took some hard hits on the back of my head the first time I went out and I was like, nah, I'm getting a helmet next time, that was dumb. But it took quite a while for me to get the hang of it and get to the point where i actually could enjoy it my guess is that if you don't enjoy prayer if you don't get prayer and don't understand the point of it perhaps you haven't persisted in prayer yet enough to truly get it so What we want to do is we want to get all of us to the point where we're actually, we get prayer and we enjoy it and we lean into it so that we have more and more people praying more often because as we talked about last week also, communication, prayer is just another word for communication or communing with your heavenly father. And so that's a good thing. That's a good deal and your life will be better and you will be better at life if you can figure out how to get praying. So today, last week, we talked about as one of the triggers for prayer patterns or providing a blueprint or a catalyst for prayer in pre-made prayers, a prompt of some sort. So today we're going to kind of lean into that. We touched on it last week. We're going to lean into it more this week and talk about a pattern to prompt prayer. So obviously we're talking about prayer. And if you're taking notes, which I suggest, I think it's really helpful. uh, The bottom line for today is this, to use scripture to prompt your prayers To use Scripture, the Scriptures, as your pattern that will prompt your prayers. You're gonna be good at it because you're using the Scripture. You're gonna know what to say because it'll give you something to say. It will be easy, it will prompt you. Use Scripture to prompt your prayers. So, we're gonna unpack this in three different ways we'll talk about reading Scripture, we'll talk about writing about Scripture, and then restating Scripture in prayer. And we're going to look at the most famous pattern for prayer, the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father. And we're going to use the five aspects of the Lord's Prayer as prayer prompts for this week. So let's set the stage. I'm going to read to you from Psalm chapter one, and then we'll go to the Sermon on the Mount and the passage where Jesus talks about praying and gives us The Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm going to mix it up a little bit today because I'm going to read Psalm 1 from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. Uh, If you want to follow along or if you just want to listen, that's great. Now, what I want you to listen for in Psalm 1 is the difference between the two ways of life. Just look for and listen for the difference between the two ways of life. This is how the book of Psalms starts. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Then, from the Gospel of Matthew, again, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter six, beginning at verse five. Jesus teaching about prayer. When you pray, and here's what I want you to listen, to, listen for in this. Um, where have you seen both positive and negative examples of what Jesus is talking about? When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners, and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't, lead us, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are able to see a a pattern that you have set out for us in prayer. I thank you, Lord, that you are available to us, that you encourage us to come boldly into your presence, that you encourage us by telling us that uh, we should always pray and never give up, that in prayer we can bring our petitions and our requests to you, with thanksgiving and then we can leave with the peace of God, the peace of Christ that transcends all understanding. Lord, may we be a praying people and may what we do today lead us in that direction. And pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so bottom line, use scripture to prompt your prayers. Well, in order for your prayers to be prompted by scripture, you have to read scripture. Think of it like this way. Uh, um, When you are gonna go on a trip, probably one of the first things you're gonna do is you're gonna fill up the tank in your car so that you have enough fuel to get where you're going. We're planning on having a bonfire at our house tonight. We need to make sure that there's enough wood to start the fire and to keep the fire going. We have our wood pile set up, ready to go. If you are going to pray using the scriptures as a prompt, then you need to have something in your fuel tank. You need to have something built up. You need some fuel to burn when you are Praying. We've talked about this because under the rubric of knowing God, of communing with God, our key core habit, practice is life journaling. And life journaling gets you reading through the scripture. It gets you responding to the scripture, meditating on the scripture, and praying in response to the scripture. So we talked about this verse before. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful What does it do? It teaches us what is true. It makes us realize what's wrong. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare you to do every good work. So what you're doing when you read scripture is you are filling up the tank. You are fueling up for every good work, including prayer. So if you think about it that way, think about the life journaling process. You read the scripture, you write it out, and then the last thing you do is you create a prayer in response. Here's what I would suggest when you're doing that. If you're kind of out of the habit or this isn't really comfortable to you, lean into it. Pray what you wrote out loud. And then kind of use that as a jumping off point to continue in prayer. Remember, the only way you're going to get prayer is if you get praying. It's going to feel awkward sometimes. You're going to wonder maybe if somebody in the other room can hear you. You're going to wonder if you're doing it right. You're going to wonder if it's going to do any good. Do it anyway. Because as you lean into it, as you experience it more and more, you will begin to get it. So I'm going to tie this idea of praying back into that core practice, the core discipline that we hope everybody is doing, which is the life journaling. In your growth guide, you will find some links at the, this, in this section that lead you to some good resources about life journaling and reading scripture. Uh, In the Bible app that's on there, it will read the scripture to you so you can listen to it in the car. You can listen to it while you're getting ready in the morning. There's also a Bible app for kids. So if you're a parent and you want to pull your kids into the scriptures, there's a resource for that as well. But if you are going to fill your mind and your prayers with scripture, you have to be reading scripture. So, we're going to use scripture to prompt our prayers. We're going to read scripture, get familiar with it. And secondly, we're going to write about the scripture. Now, why am I always talking about read, reading and writing? It has to do with what we found in Psalm 1 that I read to you. Another Psalm, 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When I... I find that when I write out the scriptures and my response to it in the process of life journaling, that's often when the light comes on. If I were to just read it or listen to it and then go on my day, I probably couldn't even tell you exactly what I read without some kind of prompting. And I certainly haven't thought through it in the same way that I do when I write something out. If you have to choose between reading three or four chapters or writing something, Read a chapter and write something. The writing something is so important. Why? Because it's the way that you meditate on scripture. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. It's thinking about and turning over the same thing in your mind over and over again again in psalm 1 that we read it says this verse 2 they delight in the law it said instruction in that translation of the lord meditating on it day and night when you write something out it's forcing you to think about it very often i tell people when they're getting started in the life journaling process they're like, what scripture should I choose? I don't know, just choose one. Whatever jumps out to you, if nothing jumps out to you, just choose one, why? Because very often when I'm doing my quiet time, my daily devotions, when I'm life journaling, it's not until I start writing that the light comes on, that the insight hits me, that the purpose for this whole thing from the Lord's perspective comes to me because that's the way the scripture was designed. Remember when we were talking about the paradigm, we were saying that the Bible is meditation literature. What did we say? The Bible is designed to prompt ongoing reflection and response. It not, it's not designed so you just read it and then go on with your day. It's designed so that you kind of think about it and make connections and turn it over again in your mind. Again, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate thinking about it from all these different directions. And when you write, that's a key component that helps you to do that. So here we're gonna get to the pattern. Use scripture to prompt your prayers. You had to read scripture in order for that to happen. Writing on it, writing about scripture helps you to meditate, helps it to kind of stick, helps you to kind of understand it in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. And then what you can do is restate scripture in your prayers. You take the scripture and kind of use it as a jumping off point. We're coming into the summer. It's lake season. Very often you'll see these little uh, swimming, what do they call them? The the things that float out in the lake. What? No, not that. Where where you, you climb on it and you jump off of it to go swimming. What are those? A dock, a floating dock, or what, there's a special name for it—a swimming dock. That's what it is, I think. Anyway, you got the idea. It's a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a launching pad for swimming in the lake, right? It's where you go and you get started from there. If you were going to do diving in a pool, sometimes you can climb up into those diving, uh, those high diving platforms. That's your starting point. You jump off from there. What you can do is you can use the scriptures as your jumping off point for prayer. It's not the end all, but it's the, it's the, it gets you going. It's the catalyst. It gets you started with it. So let's look at Jesus' teaching and uh, in particular, the Lord's Prayer. First off, he gives some warnings. And look at what he says. Look at what he says. <laughs> he said something that's really good. Okay, there it is. Uh, when you pray, Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. So he's going to deal with two particular issues, two misconceptions about prayer. The first one is, we see it right here, that you're more likely to get a positive response the more words that you add to your prayer. Some of you have prayed with people who believe this, right? And it's just on and on and on. Well, there, keep persisting in prayer, but that's not some kind, of, uh, some kind of flywheel. It's not some kind of trigger that if you just put, pile on more words, then God is obligated to respond. It's, it goes on to say, they think, Jesus says they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. The reason that this is interesting is that very often, sometimes, the Lord's prayer is used in this way. If you just pray the same thing over and over and over again, that's, that, that just has value in and of itself. Use the Lord's prayer as a pattern. Recite it word for word as many times as you want. Let it, meditate, it on, meditate on it that way if you want to, but don't fall for the misconception that the more times you say it, the more likely you're gonna get what you want. That's the, God, God is not like some uh, cosmic, you know, um, gambling machine what is that slot machine where you just keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling keep putting the quarters in eventually you're going to win that's not that's not how God works and this is important because here you have this pattern for prayer and Jesus starts out by saying don't just repeat it mindlessly well that's an important thing to remember when we get to a pattern for prayer because context is king that's another aspect of the paradigm The Bible is contextual. You have to understand scripture in its context. Then he goes on and he gives, kind of builds on this idea that you don't just say the same thing over and over again. That's not some kind of magic slot machine that actually God knows. He says, don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So. Part of the misconception is if I just keep at it, if the, the more words, the better, the more likely I'll get what I want. The other thing is God doesn't know. I need, to, I need to inform him. I need to remind him. He does not know what I need. He does not know what's good for me. So I have to tell him, no, that's not the point because your father in heaven knows exactly what you need before you ask him. So that's the context for this pattern that the Lord gives for prayer. So let's look at it. And you will find this in your growth guide. And I gave you five key words, all beginning with P, that can serve as a prompt, as a reminder of the different aspects of prayer. Because remember, the whole idea is to commune with God, not get what you want, not twist his arm sufficiently, not to tell him stuff he doesn't know about what you need and what you want. The idea of communication with God is to commune with God. So use these as kind of a jumping off point. We talked about this when we looked at Luke 11, which is another example of the Lord's prayer, that they're not word for word. They're not, they don't match up exactly. What does that tell us? Well, maybe it tells us that this is kind of talking about the the ideas, the themes you should talk about, the themes that you can go to the Lord with rather than just rote memory to recite in prayer. So, he says, pray like this. And I want you to notice, what's the first word in the Lord's prayer? Say it out loud. R. This is something that I didn't really recognize for a long time. This is not a prayer by an individual the whole thing is a community prayer it's, it's plural are and so that kind of that's that's something worth meditating on that's something worth thinking about that this isn't just a me and god thing this is an us thing next word father our father in heaven The primary paradigm from which Jesus understood his relationship with God and our relationship with God is as a perfect heavenly father. We're used to this now. Many of us have heard this prayer and heard God referred to as father over and over again our whole lives. This was a radically different way of approaching God. Jesus is saying, you want to know what God is like? He's like a perfect heavenly father. So the key word that I put here is personal. The first thing is to personalize this. This is a relationship between us and our heavenly father. Second aspect about this I want you to notice May your name be kept holy. This is the first petition in this prayer. And I think that it helps us to strike a good balance. These two things are not competing, but they're held in tension. There's a very intimate, personal, relational side of it. Our father. And there's also a reminder that God is completely other. That he is exalted, that he is the God that rules over the universe, that we come to him in awe and with respect. That's what it means that, to consider his name hallowed or holy. So I think in this opening line, Jesus is reminding us of this compete, this, this this tension that we're supposed to not diffuse but keep in our relationship with our heavenly Father. That. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with us as father, but we also remember that he is holy and powerful and just and good, and we keep those in tension. But ultimately, it is a personal prayer, and so we personalize it. Secondly, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven whatever a person may believe about jesus it's very clear if you read the gospels that he understood his mission his purpose as setting things right in the world there was something about his uh showing up his going to the cross his being raised from the dead, his exaltation into heaven, that that was the beginning of setting everything right so that his God's kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So everything that you see in your life, in our life, in our world, that's wrong, broken, and not as it should be, this is what you're praying about when you pray this. So, I think of that as a petition. When I come to the Lord, it's like, what are the things where that's just not right? That's not what your will is. That should not be. Those are the things that I'm praying about as I am prompted by verse 10 Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then the next phase, next phrase, is for provision. Give us today the food we need. I, uh, more literally, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, it's a very interesting construction, the way that he says it. And the picture, and some of you have heard me say this before, is it's like, okay, Lord, here we are today. I have needs today. You've got what I need for today. Would you go into that big storehouse that you have and the pallet that says Brian on Sunday, June the 18th, twenty twenty-three? what he needs. Can you just give that to me today? I love this because what's our tendency? It's like, what about next week? What about tomorrow? What about 10 years from now? And what he's saying is, I got it. You need provision, and I want you to ask for provision. I want you to understand that I'm the source of everything you need, and I'm the only one that can provide everything you need, but you don't have to worry about it. He would talk about this later in the Sermon on the Mount. So what are the things that you need today? Don't worry about tomorrow. Can't fix the past. What are the things that you need for today? Come to him for those then it's about people. Again, it's plural. Notice this. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. A big part of our prayers is going to be about people that we know and love and care about. And sometimes people that we are having trouble with but this is an opportunity to pray for people. What are are the ways sin is ultimately sin because it hurts other people and other people matter to God. That's what Jesus was teaching us when he gave us the great commandment. Love God, love your neighbor. If you wanna love God, show him by loving your neighbor. If you want to love your neighbor, you are showing that you love God. I think those are interconnected and you see this in this passage as well. Forgive, uh, forgive us our sins. We've, we've, we've mistreated people. We've hurt people. There, there's something that's not right in us. We need fixing. And also, we're going to forgive others because you have forgiven us. That's how this whole thing works. So this can be your prompt to pray for people. Who are the people in your life that you care about? Who are the people that you want to have a better relationship with? Who are the people that need help? this can be your prompt for that. Then the last P is for protection. This is one that I didn't really understand really well for a long time. I think I'm getting a little bit better understanding about it. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This is a little bit more clear translation in the New Living Translation. What, uh, and here's how I would break this down. Don't let us yield to temptation. Don't lead us into temptation. In other words, there's there 's still a brokenness in me that connects with the wrong things. I need to avoid those things kind of guide my path away from those things that that would be helpful Lord if you could do that there there are things that are going to trip me up i don 't want to go where i 'm going to be tripped up guide and direct my path and then there's not just brokenness on the inside there 's brokenness on the outside as well there's an enemy that is out to seeking to kill and destroy. And I need protection. I need somebody who's bigger and stronger that can watch over me, rescue me from the evil one. So this is the idea of protection. So let's just kind of put this together and say, okay, how how can we use scripture as a prompt for prayer? Could go to the Lord and be thinking about those things. Our Father... Father, I thank you that you are a perfect Heavenly Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to reflect you well. I pray that you would help me as I model intimacy with you to never ever shortchange your holiness, to always treat you with respect and not flippantly. Lord, there's so many things that are broken in our world And Lord, I look forward to when you're going to return and set things right. Uh, Make me one of those that is eager for that day. And in the meantime, you've given us the privilege and responsibility to set things right as we can, to work towards justice, to uh, alleviate suffering. So Lord, as I go through my day, help me to remember that and to have my eyes and ears open and my heart willing to do something about the things that I see. Lord, give us this day our daily bread for the people who need something and don't know where the, their next meal is coming from, for don't know where the, how they're going to meet that bill that is hanging over their head. Lord, provide for them and help me not to worry about the future but entrust it entirely to you. Lord, there's still a brokenness in me. Forgive me and direct me towards your path, your way, your way of doing things. Lord, when I get angry at others, whether it's someone who's done a deep uh, and mean uh, and damaging thing to me or something as insignificant as cutting me off in traffic, help me just to let it go to forgive as you have forgiven me, to recognize that I needed your forgiveness. You graciously gave it to me. I don't have it within me to forgive others as I should, but you do, and you can put that in me. And Lord, just guide and direct my path. Help me to have light for the path, so that I see danger a long way off and can avoid it. And Lord, for those things that I can't control, the plans that the enemy has for me, protect me and keep me safe from those. I want to be in the midst of your will 100% every day, every moment of my life. I didn't recite the Lord's Prayer. I used it as a jumping off point to meditate, to think about, to reflect upon, to prompt my prayers. We can do the same thing every day, and when you do, notice notice how just using that how changed the mood in the room, we communed with the Creator, God, who loves you and cares for you and has your best interests at heart, and He longs to spend time with you. That prayer probably didn't take five minutes, but we will be different because of it today. So that's my encouragement. Today as we talked about prayer, use scripture to prompt your prayers. I've given you a pattern, I've given you some ideas, I've modeled it for you. Lean into that habit of life journaling and reading scripture, it'll help you to be familiar with it, it'll give you fuel, it'll give you an opportunity to meditate on the scripture on a daily basis and then use that as a jumping off point wherever you are, whatever you're doing, to prompt your prayers this week. And make it easy for yourself. Maybe you, don't, maybe you can't remember all of those. Keep this with you. Five times this week, just pick one. You don't have to go through all five every time. You can if you want to, but just use one as a prompt for prayer this week. And may God make us a praying people and may more and more people be praying more often because of what he has done here today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, on Father's Day of all days, we are reminded of what a good and gracious God you are, that you love us, that you long to spend time with us, that you care for us, that you know what we need before we ask, that you are ready and willing to forgive and that you are setting things right. Lord, we thank you for all of that. Overcome, we pray, all the barriers that keep us from leaning into our relationship with you, from communing with you on a daily basis. Prompt our prayers in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of situations, in all kinds of places. And thank you for giving us in the scriptures a cheat sheet, a head start, a jumping off point for our fellowship with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.